Namaste, and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast. I am a psychic medium, astrologer, university professor of yoga and meditation with an online membership that you can join. I offer one-on-one psychic medium readings, astrology readings, as well as one-on-one coaching sessions as part of my Vibrant Venus coaching program that I love so much, which can be booked at modernmystic.love. Today, I am thrilled to have Marcy Mazurinko here, and she never imagined that she would become an energy healer, medium, and intuitive coach. After suffering from chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, the sudden passing of her parents, only 11 months apart, rocked her to the very foundation as she valiantly sought to restore and replenish her life energy. She turned inward to nurture her spiritual side, subsequently training in an array of different wellness modalities. Now, as a Reiki master, certified bioenergy healing practitioner, Marcy, welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled and honored to be here. Well, it's so great because our paths really just connected more recently, and a lot of my guests It's been a long, circuitous road, but as things happen, all these universal forces conspired. And so it was so great to have you to come and share with everyone, what does it mean to you to be a modern mystic? So to me, you know, the word mystic is is about magic. It's about the unseen. And a mystic is someone who understands that, who's in that awareness, who has that knowledge of all of the magic that we can't see, that we don't see. And the modern mystic is exactly that, the modern version of it. I think that, you know, there's been times, especially in our culture, where a mystic has, you know, had a certain stereotype. And the modern mystic is us. They, you know, they walk among us, they work with us, they play with us, they parent with us, and and they are us. Yeah, that's so great. And I think that's so true to just dispel and really normalize psychic abilities, mediumship, you know, modern mysticism. I mean, obviously, that's the name of my podcast. And one of the main impetus is to have it. And it's so true, because I know with myself, and I know you and I will probably share a lot about our journeys, because I've just recently finally been sharing more publicly my own mediumship skills. And part of that, when I reflected on that really is the stereotype, you know, what we see in the media, what's portrayed, you know, with people who have psychic abilities that is so ingrained and indoctrinated in our heads sometimes. Now, I've been commingling and and interfacing with mystics my whole life. They're for psychics, you know, people with psychic energies in the way of fluency and, and working with energy. And Anytime I would go to a straight up psychic, you know, a lot of people I grew up with were priestesses and shamans and and yogis and monks and gurus and all these different people who had these abilities and so much more, frankly. (laughs) But when I would go and 
have conversation just like periodically they would come into my land and world not formally when I was young but they would always say to me oh Kilkenny you're 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 a psychic you're a medium and I remember when I was younger thinking what are they talking about like what like there's that that couldn't be possible because of all of the stereotypes that I saw as a child how psychics are you know, that they would have a shingle and have like a small little room you'd go into or like whatever it is from the Wizard of Oz looking at the crystal ball, right? But as you said, you know, first of all, and we'll dive really deeply into this, how our listeners can develop their own psychic abilities because really everyone has that capacity. And also the idea that really people who are psychic and even mediums are all around us because now that I'm fully claiming that world, so many people, of course, that I didn't even realize or I knew or whatever have these abilities too. So what was your journey like for yourself realizing and stepping into your power and these abilities, which really help bring so much healing and really claim the magic and help others to do the same, that all of the, the magic and that their loved ones and all the things are really real. My journey was, was quite different than yours in terms of, you know, I grew up on a farm. I was a very sure we had that, you know, that outdoorsy thing and we, we grew our own plants and, and our own gardens and, and, and all of that, but it was more out of necessity than anything else. And so we were not a spiritual family. My parents went to church once in a while, but we didn't talk about anything really God related or spirit related. And so I had experiences now again in reflection, knowing that all of my invisible friends were probably not invisible friends and they were probably spirit, you know, hanging out with me. But it wasn't until much, much, much later in adulthood where the mediumship ability really came forward. And part of that was my grief journey because for me, mediumship and energy healing were such key pieces in my healing journey, in my grief journey and being able to have that connection So when I started doing energy healing, I found that, you know, messages were starting to come to me and I was, you know, starting to receive some things. And of course, I didn't really understand it. I didn't trust it. So it took a lot more development. And of course, my beautiful, wonderful, fabulous ego was getting in the way a lot and saying, well, you know, that that's not really true. And so I had to, of course, develop that, release a lot of limiting beliefs, release some fears and, and do a lot of work around all of that before I could fully kind of step into my role as a medium. Yeah, well, I honor and really have such compassion for you for what you shared in your bio about losing your parents so closely together. And I know for me personally, when I started to realize, and for me, it was during meditation because I've been meditating since I was a child. And so I started having more and more expanded experiences of all sorts of mystical things in my meditation. And so that's where like, I built that muscle, you know, it really is in my experience, like a muscle, like going to the gym, you know, and I had just been going to the spiritual gym, hitting hard cardio my whole life. And so therefore, these experiences open up for you, not as the goal, but just as a natural byproduct of doing them daily. And when I started to consider what was happening to me and even in my coaching work sharing with my clients some of these downloads which I've always had but always translated them 
as just thoughts when I was working with people. So like when I had my studio, I'd get psychic downloads, but I would say like, oh, maybe we should have this workshop. Even though it was like a download saying, have this sound healing workshop, you know, and then it would be sold out, you know, things like that. So always like, you know, making it in, in layperson's terms. But when I started really having deeper experiences of giving directives to people in my one-on-one work, so many people at that moment were in a moment of facing and dealing with death. And that's when the light bulb came off or went off for me that this was definitely messages from the other side. And I think that a lot of people at that really, really hard moment that we all experience when we're facing someone else's death of someone close to us we love can be such a poignant, terribly sad, and yet almost sometimes an elation and an awakening moment too. Like it sounds like it was for you. So can you talk about that? How maybe it's the veil gets thinner you felt like? You know, what was your experience specifically, please, if that feels comfortable to share? Yeah, absolutely. And, and really, for me, what it boils down to is faith. And so I experienced a lot of loss, you know, from the from the very beginning as a small child, my, you know, one of our very good neighbors and, and my dad's best friend passed away. And then my mom's best friend passed away. My grandparents passed away when I was in junior high. And then when I was in high school, three very close friends of mine all passed away within a year. And one of them was to suicide. And so there was there was this compounding grief that I didn't realize, of course, at the time. And I didn't know how to deal with it. We didn't talk about it. You know, my parents were quite emotionally unavailable. And so we just didn't talk about it. So much so, in fact, that when I went through this suicide experience with this close friend of mine, I actually learned that my dad's sister had committed suicide, but we had never talked about it before that point, And we never talked about it again. And so that just kind of gives you an idea about, you know, the conversations or lack of conversations we had about death and about grieving and about spirit and all of those things. And so, you know, I think the more grief I experienced, the more loss I experienced, the less faith I had. And when I was newly married, my brother-in-law passed away at the age of 39. And three months later, uh, my father-in-law collapsed. And I remember very clearly following the ambulance to the hospital and going, he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. God would not take, you know, a father and a son from this family just three months apart. But he didn't make it. And I lost all faith in everything. And I actually became consumed with death. I was scared of my own death. I was scared of everyone around me dying. Every time I picked up the phone, I was certain that it was, you know, the report that somebody else had died. If somebody was a few minutes late coming home, I panicked. This was before cell phones and texting and knowing where everybody was at all, all times. And so I lost all, all of that faith until, you know, and, and then of course my parents passed away. And when my mom passed away, I was in the space of gratitude and appreciation of, you know, the time that we spent together and the very, very close relationship that we had. And 11 months later, when my dad passed away, I was mad. I was angry. Again, I was like, why would God do this to me? This isn't fair. You know, and I, I was, I got into this very deep, dark space. Yeah. And so the turning point for me was actually a story about my grandmother and we were about to celebrate her hundredth birthday 
<laughs> phenomenal lady, phenomenal, phenomenal woman, always has been my hero. And my sister told me this story about how she overheard someone talking to my grandmother at my dad's funeral. So my grandmother had just buried her fourth of five, five children. She had, oh. you know, earlier buried a spouse. She had buried most of her eight siblings, friends. Oh. She was 96 years old at the time. And somebody approached her at the lunch after the, at the funeral and said, you know, Mary, how are you doing? And she shrugged in her cute little way and said, I'm okay. What choice do I have? And so that really, you know, lit the spark in me because I went, wow, if my Baba, my grandmother at 100 years old can live through what she lived through, the depression, raising kids, clearing the land, doing all of the things, losing all of these people and still be okay, then I could be too. And that really started my journey of discovering mediumship, of stepping in. And one of the first things I did was take this course and I learned about, you know, choosing a sign from our loved ones. And that was where my faith started to get kind of reestablished because I did start asking for signs and I got them. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Would you <laughs> to talk about how we can do that? And I so honor that that journey, how beautiful it led you to at first the questioning and even the lack of faith. Cause I feel like with death, it's a road that diverges, like two roads diverge in vacant wood, like the poet says, and I took the one less traveled by. And you can take the one of, you know, anger and, and those are all natural, normal feelings and, and despair. And we have to go through those feelings, but you can land in the place of no faith, or you can go through all the dark night of the soul feelings and then land in the, the place of more faith like you ultimately did. So beautiful. So yeah, how can people ask for signs? And because that's so big. I'm such a fan. It, it's huge. And really, that's, you know, that's all it is, is establishing what that sign is. And some people already know, you know, they see the feathers, they see the dimes, they see the pennies, whatever it is. For me, I asked my parents very clearly, I said, when I need to hear from you, when I need a sign, when I need to know you're nearby, send me a dragonfly. And so the first time this happened, I was considering becoming a bioenergy healing practitioner. And, you know, of course, the ego was like, well, you can't afford it and you can't do this and it's not good and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, but it felt, it just felt so right. And so I said, mom and dad, if this is something that I'm supposed to do, send me a dragonfly. And so I was driving home from work one day, I asked the question, and I drove through a swarm of dragonflies. And my ego said, that's kind of cool. But you know, like there's a swamp there. And there's always dragonflies. And you know, it's just the time of day and the time of year and yada, yada, yada. So I dismissed it. And later that night, we were, you know, sitting around and, and one of my kids said to me, Mom, why is there a dragonfly on the wall? And I looked over and sure enough, there was a dragonfly sitting on the wall have no idea how it got in the house. We left it there, never saw it again, have no idea how it got out or where it went. But then I knew that that, that was the sign. And continuing that journey and learning more about our own journey and how our souls come into this lifetime, how our souls exit this lifetime has given me probably more faith than I've ever had and more understanding and a completely unbelievably different perspective of death. So why don't you talk about that? What is your belief and understanding of how souls leave? And let's talk about that together a bit. Sure. So I have this understanding that we, of course, come into this lifetime for a reason. We incarnate for 
all of the things that we need to learn, all of the lessons that we need to learn. Maybe there's karmic debt to be paid. But really, when we come into this lifetime, we sign a contract, a soul contract, and we say, this is what we're going to do. This is who we're going to be. This is the family I choose to be with. And this is when and where I'm exiting and how. And that understanding for me, knowing that everything happens for a reason, knowing that everyone has their own journey, because I, I look at things even in terms of health and I often wonder, well, how come that person survived the exact same disease that this person didn't? And so there's so much more, the mystical, the magic that we can't see and understand that that gives me a faith and understanding that this lifetime plays out the way, exactly the way it's supposed to. Exactly. Yes. And when you're a psychic medium, like both of us are, then you can get these messages, you know, these people who have crossed and that are now spirit, they're not any different in the way that they still hold on to their personalities, right? Like they come to me and they'll still be persnickety or they'll still be, you know, whatever, angry, or, or they'll still be whimsical and, and witty, you know, the reason they do that is because then your sitter, the person you're serving, can recognize them. But they are in the space of their highest self. You know, they no longer hold grudges. They can see how they were, right? Because as Marcy said so eloquently, they came here, like we all did, to learn some very specific lessons. And whether they learn them or, or not learn them, once they leave this plane and they leave their physical bodies, they remember all the above. And so it's so incredible. And I always say the soul has a goal, right? The soul has a goal. And there are these contracts, like Marcy said, and they know about them and they can tell mediums about them, why they had to go at a certain time. And, you know, there's also an, another interesting component because it is an interesting thing to think about the free will versus contract. You know, in my understanding and experience, some beings came here and they had a definite specific expiration date you know it was like ahead of time they were going to go out and then some beings come here and it's called death doors you know they have some windows and opportunities to go and they get to decide because we do have free will of course and I think a lot of people actually have that you know a lot of people come into this lifetime and they and I find actually people who have developed their psychic mediumship tend to be people who actually have more of those in my experience, more opportunities sometimes, more exits that they could have taken. But that's my humble opinion. However, this is the thing, you know, and so bottom line is that there really is this divine order and this plan and this really overarching architecture and infrastructure that's here to, to really support all of us. And the truth is, is that often when I'm doing mediumship work, the people who have passed can then relay some of why they had to go. And so often in people's absence, on the other side, they actually teach the people still embodied and living some of the greatest lessons, right? So do you find that as well? It's like in their absence, even though they're not absent, right? You can ask them for signs, you can ask them for help. But in their tangible, gross material absence, there's so much to be learned and it really helps the people still here to grow by leaps and bounds, don't you think? Absolutely. To grow and to heal. 
I've seen so often where, you know, the soul has crossed over and, and has to do some healing on the other side, because maybe they didn't learn the lessons, or maybe there was more that they needed to experience. And at the same time, their loved one who is still on this plane is healing and learning um, alongside them. So it's Ooh. like they're progressing faster you know, than they would have if that person hadn't crossed. And so there's this like dualism of that healing process that is just so beautiful and magical because it's in these in these different realms, but happening simultaneously. Yeah, so such a good point. And sometimes in a session, I've had people who cross over thank the living person for their prayers, for their love, for their thoughts, because as you stated so beautifully, the person's living thoughts, prayers, love that they're directing towards the people of Cross already has actually helped them. So it's not just that they can help us. Of course they can, and people and listeners hear that. You can ask them for support. The second you think of your loved one and you say their name and you ask them to come, pretty much guaranteed they're there. You know, they're around us so much of the time. And so we can really, really call on them when we're going through hard times and know when we're going through really easeful, positive times that they're there celebrating with us too, right? They see all of it. And yet we could also give blessing and prayers because they're still in a dimension. You know, they're still healing and they're still on a journey. It's no longer physical, but they are healing. So often I'll have people come and want a reading soon after someone passes. And that's a tricky thing because that's often I find a time where the soul actually goes into like a sabbatical, you know, and they have to go and like heal. So that is a time for those listeners curious that sometimes like they'll show up at their funeral or they'll be around, you know, I think for a while because they're trying to take care of the people who they've left and they know they're suffering so badly. But then they often do a little hiatus and they go into their own healing. They, they have a life review and they go into their own healing process for whatever they needed to heal from this lifetime. And so sometimes they're not available right away. And sometimes the sitter, I feel like, is in such mourning, they're not ready. So that's another interesting thing to talk about. Like, do you have that kind of rule too to not always read people if it's really soon after a passing? How do you feel about that? I did have that rule until I had a, a an acquaintance come to me and say, you know, I, I just lost my, my boyfriend of eight years and I'd really like to connect with him. And so I went through the whole thing. I went through the whole, well, you know, it takes some time to cross over and about the hiatus and the life review. And she said, no, 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 no. He's here. We've seen the signs. We know he's here. Can you please come and do a reading for our family? And yeah. so I did. And it was, you know, maybe two or three weeks after he had passed and he had taken his own life. So it was very tragic. And yet he was one of probably one of the most strongest spirits that I've ever felt and that I've ever connected with. And, and the messages he brought were unbelievable. And a lot of the healing messages that you would expect, but other completely random, very tactile, very logical things that came through. And so... We don't know as mediums and we don't know as loved ones how long that kind of sabbatical is. For some people, it could be months and months. For others, it could be short. And to me, the way I kind of understand it, interpret it, my perspective is that it has a lot to do with where they are on their journey in this 
what I call kind of God school of angels. So sometimes maybe they're an old soul and they've done this thousands of times. So it's, it's easy totally. for them. Sometimes, you know, they have more to do on the other side. And so that takes a little bit longer. And of course we have to keep in mind that there is no time on the other side. So we're the only ones who know what that is in terms of days or months or years. It's such a good point because on the other side, you know, it is not restricted by time and space. So there literally is no time. That's why sometimes like as a media spirits will show up or you're, you know, or you're, you're hearing things and I'll get downloads and I'm in the bathroom and I've had to learn just like I've had to learn in life. I think it's very similar. The lessons I've had to learn with my people in my own life are exactly the lessons I've had to learn. <laughs> when I'm dealing with mediumship and spirit, which is to set really good, clear, healthy boundaries. So maybe we can talk about that. But one of them is like, okay, not in the bathroom. No one, okay, people don't come in my bathroom, whether you're in a body and in a body, right? You have to, as a translator of energy, because they don't understand time. They don't really care about bathrooms and space. It's not linear. They truly don't abide by those laws because where they are, they don't exist. And so it's a really great point and, and totally... I've had the same experience where like someone's crossed very quickly and they come and, and again, the time's not really existing where they are. If they come, I know it's time, but that also is to share with people that there really can be a benefit to waiting. So you're through your grieving process and also waiting to give them a little space because often that can create a lot of harmony because there's perspective, there's been some healing. But sometimes the healing has to happen right away. And so spirit can orchestrate all that. But other times I say that too, because a client will come and they want one person to come and that person might not be available, but then all these other ancestors and people show up. And so it might be then that that spirit's just having their little sabbatical time, right? But isn't it true? You just never know who's going to show up in a reading. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You, you never know who's going to show up and you never know what they're going to say, what their messages are, what their signs are, any of that. And we have to be prepared for that as mediums and we need to be prepared for that as sitters because once we open the door, it could be any member of your spirit team. We're talking about connecting with the unseen, connecting with those higher vibrations of energy that are no longer bound by a physical body. That could be loved ones who have passed. That could be angels. It could be spirit guides. It could be a lot of different types of energy. And so I always set the intention that, you know, I want to connect with the highest vibrational energies that are coming forward with messages in my client's highest and greatest good. And that's not for me to decide. That's not for my client to decide. That's for the spirit team to decide who's coming through and what those messages are. And sometimes it is who, who the sitter least expects it. And sometimes it's exactly who they expect. So we don't have any control over that, unfortunately. No control. We're just the messengers. And I love what you said, because it's such an important point that if you go out and seek support and getting a psychic medium reading, and let's talk about actually in, in a minute the difference, because there is a difference between being psychic and being a psychic medium. So let's actually delineate that in a moment. But like anything, whether you get a doctor, whether you go, take your car to an auto mechanic, right? You want to go to someone that you know is in alignment with you and is excellent because there's the gamut, uh, you know, and you have to be protective. This is such a vulnerable kind of situation. You put your heart, you put your soul, 
you put your mind, you know, into someone's hands, trusting with this kind of tender, poignant information, and you really make yourself very susceptible and vulnerable. So it's so important to get a recommendation of someone and to really do that background checking because it's very, very tender, vulnerable arena. And you want to be working with someone who is only delivering messages for your highest good and connecting in that way and not delivering fear messages because for sure in my life, like I've had someone deliver me some fear messages and that's really intense. You know, that's like a real, I want to call it for what it is. I think it's a vexing and I've had clients come to me and they've been vexed. And when I say vexed, it's like you can go to a doctor and if they start talking about, oh, well, cancer, 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 you know, that's a type of vexing. They call this in shamanism. And I learned this from a wonderful now shaman, how, you know, the ears take in information and the words carry energy. And so they leave an imprint, even if it's, you know, just talking about considering this might happen, this might happen. So we have to be really, again, it comes back to boundaries, clear on who and what we let into our space and even with their words, because they can really, really affect us. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about the difference between being psychic and then being a psychic medium and, and how that uh, will be relevant in all our listeners' lives? Sure. I mean, I could try. To me, a, a psychic is someone who very typically, I guess, sees the future. That's what the psychic is known for. And so they have this ability to predict those things, to see how that plays out, where a psychic medium is, again, connecting with higher vibrational energies, other realms of consciousness. And a psychic is doing that as well, but in a very different kind of way and with a very different result. So as a psychic medium, I'm bringing messages directly to you from someone on your spirit team, where a psychic medium might be looking to that spirit team for guidance as to what the blueprint is that you may follow. And so the caveat around all of that is that, like you said earlier, there's free will. And so whether, you know, people will say, well, I went to the psychic and they didn't know what they were talking about because that's not how things played out. But what was what choices did you make along the way? And again, and you're right about finding someone that you can trust, finding someone that you align with. And what I always tell people is follow your own intuition in that. Ask again for the sign from the universe. Ask for the sign from your loved ones. If this is the person or this is, you know, the company or this is the psychic medium or this is the intuitive that you should be connecting with, send me a sign. It's never a coincidence that that person has come up on your feed or has, you know, connected with you or you've seen their name several times. There's no coincidence in that. So follow your own intuition. I love that so much. Yes. Ask for signs to go see whoever. I mean, a psychic medium or a doctor or, who, you know, for all the things. You can be getting guidance for all these things. And so, yes, like all of you listeners, you are all psychic meaning you have that capacity and that potential. That is my experience and belief that anyone can develop their psychic abilities. And like Marcy said, it has to do with a lot of sensing past, present, future information and tuning into your inner GPS is how I like to call it, your gut. It's your gut. When people say follow your gut, right? Should I go left? Should I go right? So you can start to practice with really tiny things, you know, really insignificant things. Don't make it the huge things if you feel like you haven't worked in this kind of way, or you're not as quote unquote, facile and good at this kind of work, little things, should I have a chai latte? Or should I have a matcha latte? 
and just start to feel into your own body, you know, and your body can even be this incredible tool, which it is. And you can even, you know, close your eyes and feel like, okay, pick something that I know is a yes. Like for me, like my dog, she's such a yes, my pets, my cat. So I think of them and then I think about, okay, where do I feel them when I think of them and breathe in my body? And then you can do the same thing with something that you know within your heart. It's just an absolute no. Like something you never do. That's something that repulses you. Close your eyes and breathe and feel where that is in your body. And then you can start to even, you know, make decisions based off of, okay, should I have this tea? And then feel where it lands in your body, you know, and practice that way. So there, there's so many little hacks and tricks. But again, it's like a muscle you can develop. So even the most, you know, least seemingly intuitive person still in my belief has this ability. I work with people all the time to help them. And I know you do too, Marcy. And then psychic mediumship, just like you said, Marcy, which is great, is that that's, that's your translator of energy. So, you know, I think of psychic abilities as like, if I'm focusing on a client in a reading, I'm focusing on them. I might see their aura. I might sense things about their chakras, whatever. We're getting information about the person. And then psychic mediumship is about actually getting information from elsewhere and delivering, being the messenger, so to speak, the translator for and to that person. And so if you're a psychic medium, you have psychic abilities for sure. That's inevitable. They're inextricable. Many people are psychic because truly everyone has that potential and are not psychic mediums. So that's the download on that. Let's talk about other tips. What are some other strategies like that you do with your clients or that you've done with yourself that are things that people can do in the way of our listeners to help them build that psychic muscle? Well, I love that you talked about, you know, choosing choosing the tea and, and leaning into that. One of the, the, the tips and tricks that I like to recommend to people is lean into the route that you're taking too. So whether you're going to work or the grocery store or going home from the day, so often we get this intuitive hit that tells us we should go the other way today. And we don't, and we get stuck in traffic or we get stopped for speeding or there's some other kind of minor catastrophe that happens. So... I tell people, you know, listen to your intuition and ask, like, which way should I go and follow that and see what the experience is, knowing that you'll hear later on the radio that there is a collision at the intersection that you you were thinking, you know, the other way, the other alternative. And so that's another way that you can practice this intuition and this ability to like tap into that and listen to those messages. It's a way to to lean into that part of listening to the intuition and developing any type of, of psychic or psychic mediumship ability is to quiet the mind. And that's our biggest challenge. Yes, it's so important. And so meditation, like I said, that was my way in. And part of the reason why I kept resisting this work, there are many reasons. So part and part of it was my ego too. So let's go there next. <laughs> let's bookmark that part because I think that's really big. But part of it was to, I kept thinking, but I don't have a lot of experience with death the way other people have, like yourself. Like I haven't had many, many physical deaths in this lifetime. And so I kept like having a feeling like, well, I don't really want to be like focusing on death. And I didn't really want to, and I don't really have a lot of experience with death, you know, to help people. And so I had a resistance about that. 
Bonnie Worth, who's a fabulous psychic medium, who's I just honor so much. She was a guest on this podcast. So you can go back and listen to her episode, which is so much about her life and her journey. She was the one she looked at my astrology chart and she's like, oh, OK, little Miss Psychic Medium, because I have Pluto sitting right on my son, which is highly unusual. Like the chances of that are like you could win the lottery more than that. It's a very unusual conjunction. And it's all about death and transformation. And it wasn't until I started really contemplating death in all realms, how every day we deal with little deaths and how I've had obviously like everyone, so many deaths and intense near death, frankly, I've had a lot of near death experiences and how that was a part of the healing work is just really being present to and breathing with death and when we meditate we go into that space and we go towards that space of practicing presence you know and whatever shows up and when we develop that skill of practicing life as it is not trying to change it that's also a beautiful training ground so that then when death arises we can be more in that space right so it's something that is really interesting to think about, you know, what are all the deaths, if you're listening, that you have faced in your life? And when you've been brave enough to look at them and think about them, what have they taught you? I'm wondering with the ego, because I know myself for so long, I was sharing these downloads and my coaching and all this, but to actually say and claim, like, okay, yes, I'm a psychic medium, even to this day, like it's still very new. And I laugh and I feel there's a part of myself that feels self-conscious about that and I really do think it's so much the ego for me it's I don't want to sound egoic like I don't want to sound like my ego's inflated if you're like oh I'm a psychic medium right there's that wanting to keep humility and then there's also like for me it was not seeming intellectual enough like I have studied for so many years I'm a professor you know good god to say you're a psychic medium you know all of a sudden it it puts you potentially in a stratosphere where people all of a sudden aren't taking you very seriously in the ways that you're serious. And I am a serious person and I've always taken my work really seriously. And I'm a very intense person because Pluto's on my son. So that was a big coming to terms with and, and just realizing that, okay, this is, this chose me. I didn't chose it, but it's something that I can do. And so I guess I'm really meant to share. Have you, dance with that with your ego and in in what ways have you have you considered that has how that has played out for you oh my gosh the the ego has been a huge battle for me again i i grew up in this this home where my parents were not only emotionally unavailable but they created this quite extreme fear of failure because there was always someone better and there was always someone doing something different and there was judgment all the time around people, around places, around experiences. We lived in a very small community. So we, you know, the dinner table conversation was about who we were judging at that time. And that, that's Mm. how, that's what I understood. That's what I knew. And so when you, when you step into the modern mysticism of all of these things, really it's about removing that. And it's about removing these you know, these stereotypes and these misconceptions about what a psychic medium looks like. And, you know, like I said, they walk among us. And I tell people too, that just because you are a psychic medium doesn't mean that you need to offer 
readings for a charge. But understanding what that means for you in your lifetime can give you this knowledge and this awareness that that helps you on your path. And so the ego is always, it's about balancing that ego and, and being able to maintain or eliminate the fear, the fear around judgment, the fear around failure, the fear around being wrong, the fear around, well, what if I say the wrong thing? I love that you talked about death and how your ego convinced you that you don't have enough experience in death. But think about your experience in transition. Think about your experience in transformation. And that's really what death is. We, again, our ego has created this idea that that death is something forbidden. First of all, we shouldn't talk about dying. We shouldn't talk about death. We shouldn't talk about grief. We shouldn't talk about bereavement, right? All of the things all of the things that we need to talk about, but yet we celebrate transformation. And when our physical body dies, that's exactly what's happening. It's transformation. It's transition. Yes. Oh, I love that. So well put. And that's what Pluto is for those friends who are astrology buffs and lovers. But Pluto is all about alchemization, transformation. And that's so I'm just, yeah, that's what all I'm about. So yeah, it's, I love what you said about that. And and just it's so true when you're receiving information, whether it's psychic information, which again, everyone is receiving or the psychic medium information, just letting the ego sit in the passenger seat and just what it, okay, just let it come through. I keep seeing eagles. I had a client recently, eagle, eagle, eagle. Okay. What does eagle mean? What does eagle mean to me? What is look up eagle totem, Right. It's all of the patterns because the universe is continually trying to deliver us messages. And they might be from your spirit team. They might be from your ancestors. They might be from, you know, fill in the blank. But regardless, it's pure positive energy that is speaking to you and acting like a sail and a raft. And if you choose to look towards it and explore it, you've got this incredible buoyancy and support at your weight. And so... It's just such an amazing thing. And it's such a practical thing. I know for most people, it sounds so out there, right? But if you're listening, take us as a sign. You have a huge team. If Marcy and I were sitting with you doing a call, we would be able to connect with all these beings who are literally cheering you on. Even more than that, who are trying to give you support to help you reach your goals, to help you learn the most and your soul's goal in this lifetime. And this is a truth. This is an irrefutable truth. Let's talk a little bit, though, about the realms, because I know you and I talked about that. And even in our conversation, you helped clarify that for me, because it's something that with my practice of meditating, you know, in meditation, you're, you're elevating your energy just for the listeners. So we all vibrate, right? We're all energy beings. This has been proven scientifically in the Western field. This isn't just like out there, Eastern theory or something. It's proven we're energy beings. And so we all vibrate. And this is proven too at a certain rate. And so the higher we can vibrate and the higher we can up-level our vibration, we get closer to messages because the realms of spirit and light consciousness and God, goddess, whatever you want to call it, vibrates at a very high level. And so when we meditate, you know, if we even just meditate three to five minutes a day, you're raising your vibration in a consistent way and you're getting closer and even merging with spirit and your guides and your team. 
So can you talk about that? Because for a long time, I was traveling in all the realms and I knew I was going to lots of cool places in my meditation because I just kept raising my vibration just because that's my practice. But to have a cohesive architecture, I think is really, really helpful. And of course, some people have access to one of these realms or a couple of these realms. So let's talk about that, please. And would you elucidate that for our listeners? Sure. And this is, you know, really, I I have to give credit to the incredible uh, Bonnie Wirth who introduced me to these realms of consciousness and has been a key, such a huge mentor for me and such a huge teacher and, and helping me to understand these things. And one of the things that I recognized very early is that you're absolutely right. Not everybody accesses the same realms of consciousness. And so, for example, you know, and and we use seven, other people use 12. For me, everything's about seven. You know, if we're on the third realm of consciousness and our loved ones who have passed are on the fourth and the angels and archangels are on the fifth, you know, I've experienced people who had a really hard time developing their gifts to connect with that fourth realm of consciousness. But yet when they stepped into the fifth, it was an immediate connection. So for people who've like never heard this, like I, I like to call the seven steps of consciousness, the first realm or step is what? Fill in the blank. And then let's talk about each one. Because a lot of people, this, so this is deep, advanced kind of energetic architecture blueprint stuff we're talking. So what's number one, please? So for me, number one is, you know, that the, the crystals, the minerals, all of that really juicy things for those of us who, again, who meditate and go into kind of the depths of the earth, right? And you see that crystal cavern and you experience it. To me, that's the first kind of realm of consciousness and the first step in the stairway. Yay. So yeah, people. So like the soil and, you know, yeah, they're the people listening who love their rocks and their stones. Right now I work with, I love all seven realms. Um, I've got my obsidian and my firestone and their intentions, you know, put in those that have to do with their properties. And I, you know, I hold one when I'm trying to focus the firestone and I hold one for protection. Right. And, and so we can put these rocks and crystals into our pockets and into our lives and the different rooms in our house where we're trying to manifest different things, etc. So they, they, they're alive energies. They hold intention Make sure people that you're activating them. Um, My modern mystic members, I I gave them a video about how to activate your rocks and crystals and gems. So if you want to become a member and learn about that, but that's working with that first step. Well done. Okay. What's the second, please? This is fun. (laughs) Well, I, I think there's different perspectives and different, you know, interpretations. For me, the second step is kind of like the unseen earthly beings. So, you know, this might be the fairies, it might be the things that are on the earthly plane, but we can't really see them. There's a lot of kind of fun energy, but earthly energy, that's what's on the second realm for me. I love that. Well, the the first time you and I met in this lifetime, at least, you were like to me, oh, you're a fairy. And I remember being like, what? Like, you know, and, and it it's so funny because I had just been to modern day Avalon, which is Glastonbury, England. I have Irish, you know, ancestry, but I just a month before been into the, you know, they call it the land of the Fae. And there everyone talks fairy everything. Like the first night I got there, there was a fairy ball. The next day there was like a fairy um, festival. And I, I went, I was, you know, attending a, a retreat, but I went to this festival briefly and I walk in, there's all these artisans and they're like these huge 
you know, very quote unquote masculine looking motorcycle guys with their Harley jackets. And then they all have wings, like little, little wings behind. And this is normal there. Like the cab driver, everyone, the Uber driver, they talk about the Faye. Yeah, it's just the Faye. And, and that's when Abe went to Ireland many years ago. I love like even the non-believers in anything still acknowledge that they're Faye. Like that's, that's not, that's irrefutable to them, that there are these fairies in the trees, this liminal space, you know? But it's so funny because when you and I met, you're like, oh, you have access to the second realm. And then you were like, oh, no, you actually are of the second realm. And I was like, what? Like, you blew my mind. I was like, I just had never been focused as much as I have this background, but I've never been that kid who loved fairies or fairy, fairy, anything. And then, of course, once you said that, fairy has been just infiltrating me constantly now (laughs) so you were so accurate and now all of a sudden just I'm bombarded with fairy images and fairy everything so it's so so fun yeah the fairy realm and the realm like you said it's in the earth so there's an earth element big time but it's like earth and air is how I think of it even you know it's earth air beings because they fly too and and I've been there in meditation and yeah it's real okay number three So three is the very earthly realm, the very, you know, the very physical realm that we see, that we touch, that we are. So, you know, humans, animals, all of those fun things. And and this is where, you know, a lot of people, this is where their gift is, is communicating with animals, is communicating with other people that, you know, on an intuitive level. Yeah. Third realm is three dimension, baby, where we are. And like you said, the animals and the higher self, you know, the etheric, that there's our higher self and that wisdom body you know the self that when we go to sleep reports back to us our dreams in the yoga land they call it the atman so so beautiful okay number four four is what we would call you know heaven this is where our love in this lifetime who have passed this is where they exist where we feel their energy where we connect with them beautiful and that's why they're so accessible to us right like as a medium like when I started doing psychic mediumship, it was like, well, yeah, they're right there. And and even different times like I've had in my life where I'll say something to someone close to me, my best friend, you know, and that's when it really started dawning on me. Like, oh, I was seeing certain things, hearing certain things. And it was like, oh, not everyone hears those things sometimes or not everyone sees people who may not be really be people, but you're not sure, but they're a stranger, you know. I love our conversation. I don't know, have this often with people where it's like, okay, I already know the next thing I want to talk about while I'm saying this thing because I'm so excited. So let's talk about that next after we get through the realms. Like, how do you know, actually, if you have some psychic mediumship abilities? We all have psychic abilities. But back to the fourth realm, you know, quote unquote heaven or in the yoga tradition, it's called Siddha Loka, that the the fourth realm is so close to it's sitting on top of the third. And so that's why it's just literally, you know, nano inches away Mm -hmm, absolutely somebody explained it to me one time that you know this heaven that we speak of is just beyond our own aura so you know we think of it as being so distant and so far away but really it, it is it's just beyond our own energy because time and space just circling back to that reality and i know it's such a hard thought to get your human mind around but time doesn't exist. You know, spirit will come to you at all times of day. Dead people will come all times of day and night because they don't have time. Sometimes they'll give messages in a reading that will be about the future. 
And then you say it to the sitter and they say, no, that doesn't really resonate. And then two weeks later, they call you and they go, oh, my God, that happened. Or, or, oh, now I get what they were talking about because it happened to me because time is happening all at once for them. And the same thing with space. So I love what you just said, because you're referring to right space in a certain sense. It's it's, it's a rule that doesn't exist in, in that realm, just our third realm. So cool. What about the fifth realm? The fifth realm would be the angels, especially the archangels. So to me, these are people or these are energies that have been on this journey. They've graduated from angel school. They've lived their human lives. And now they're in this, you know, higher realm of consciousness where they've been assigned either as an archangel, as a guardian angel, this higher vibrational energy. Maybe they're teaching other angels. There's all kinds of things that I've I've seen in this realm. The wise beings, you know, like they say in the yoga tradition, there, there's a word, it's called sadhus, like people who who incarnate just to advahut is the actual real Sanskrit term. People who literally are already, quote unquote, in the state of self-realization, in the state of supreme consciousness, God, goddess, all the time. And they don't have to come back and learn any more lessons, but out of their own compassion, they come back and they take a body to help elevate others. And, and that's those people right in the fifth realm. So all the sacred masters, Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, right? That fifth realm. Mm, so juicy. I love that fifth realm. Thinking about the fifth realm. Okay. What about the sixth? The sixth is the laws of the universe. Some which are, you know, easily explained. Others are not. And it's also where our mm-hmm. Akashic records are stored. So, you know, that's kind of our, our, our library of our soul. That's also found in the sixth realm. I love that. And you do great Akashic readings. So talk to people because it's it's kind of a buzzword these days. And not everyone who's listening will understand what that means. So can you go into that a little bit more Akashic record readings? Because I love them. And we can access these ourselves in meditations. But talk about that more because you do such beautiful guidance with those. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Akashic record readings are, are exactly that. It's asking permission to go into your record. And again, tapping into that energy, seeing what you need to see that's in your highest and greatest good. So sometimes or often I find that a lot of those readings come with, you know, an explanation of what happened in a past life. And again, for many of us that step into this work, we see those witch wounds, we see those scars, we see those things that we had to experience. And we understand where some of our fears are coming from that we brought forward into this lifetime. So those records kind of show some of that. They they might also show, you know, where your path is. They might also bring in, you know, loved ones who have passed or other energies to bring you messages as well. So it's like this all-encompassing reading from from a lot of the different realms, actually. It's very cool. Yeah, because there's a record, right? I mean, every lifetime you have lived, every moment within that lifetime, there is a record of. There are receipts, people. <laughs> So the Akashic record readings are amazing because then it's almost like an audit. You have like a, a funny, funny analogy I never thought of before, but there's, you could get audited and you can access any lifetime. I've done past life regression meditations and had incredible experiences. And if you've ever had the feeling like when you're traveling, like, oh, I've been here before. Trust that feeling because if you, if you think it, you have, right? And you are tapping into the Akashic records. There's a record that you were there before and right. So you are feeling that sixth realm, correct? 
Absolutely. And and if anyone's interested in, in past life stuff and are a little bit, you know, hesitant or a little bit skeptical, read the book Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. It is a phenomenal read about past lives. And there is absolutely no denying that they exist, you know, when you've read that book. I love it. Yes, that's a, an amazing book. Thank you for sharing that because I'm such a fan of sharing information. And you're right. Read that book and and pay attention to that deja vu feeling and even your interests, you know, like someone who like loves Indian food and loves Indian culture, you know, for sure me, I know I have, cause I've seen it in meditation. I've just seen it in my past life regressions, but when we have those propensities and interests that are unexplainable because they weren't from our family of origin, for sure they're connected to a past life, which is connected to that sixth realm. So really so fun to explore those. And, the other thing about the Akashic Record readings and just thinking about past lifetimes, which I find so potent with my clients and particularly with my coaching clients who I see again and again, is that often those themes, those challenges, those wounds, and really themes that we come to ses- coaching sessions for or that we might be sparked to go to a reading for are often products for sure of something that happened this line like say a childhood wound say a shadow that we accrued from childhood but they're so hard to shed because they're not just from this lifetime but also many lifetimes which write the akashic readings hold and so it's like this lifetime i don't know maybe you always are attracted to someone who is withholding from you That's a common one, right? Like someone's always dating people who aren't really giving. And that's always, you know, say it's a man who just always picks women. And yet that woman, you know, the woman reminds him of, you know, his mother in childhood who was always distracted because she was a single mother and trying to feed the kids, but then didn't give emotional attention, right? But then the, the person, you know, has been to therapy, has done all the great work, the shadow work, all these things. And yet still can't shake it. You know, it's like they've gone very deep, but I'll find like not fully to the root. And then I do a reading with them. And then it's like, oh, you've had three other lifetimes where that was the same theme. And then you can work on simply knowing the theme and then doing some kind of ritual. And that's why it's great to have a guide to help let it go from this lifetime and many lifetimes. And that's also the beauty of Akashic record readings. Oh, the seventh realm is just whatever the word is for you. So it might be the divine, it might be source, it might be God. But to me, it is just pure love and light. It is just this energy of highest vibration of love and light and and really where we all kind of want to be and where our soul feels at home. You know, the first time I did a meditation going on these th- this experience of the different realms when when i got to the the seventh realm i burst into tears and i just mm. felt so at home and i didn't want to come back to the third <laughs> i was like no don't make me go because it felt so familiar so peaceful so beautiful and and it's something that you know i hope everyone has an opportunity to experience mm, that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that and so so touching because I think probably when people, which I haven't really put this together, so thanks for making the synapse for me. Like when I'm thinking about that seventh realm, you know, pure love, pure 
consciousness. Bliss is the word ananda in the Sanskrit yogic language and meditative traditions and Buddhism even. Right, when we're in that field of love and source energy, that's probably what we experience when we die. Because you hear of all those near-death experiences. I've had near-death experiences, but not that I was, I, I didn't transition, go to the other side and come back. Many people write you the books and you'll hear the tales. If you haven't, Google them. They're amazing, right? Where people actually leave their body, pronounce dead, and then they return. And they return with these unbelievable experiences of, you know, having seen relatives and light and love. But they get a glimpse, it's just occurring to me, of that seventh realm like you had in your meditation, right? Don't you think that's what they're seeing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have I have a personal story about this that, that my son experienced and and my understanding is that, you know, that that love and light, that pure love that we experience as the seventh realm, that's the essence of our being. That is what we are born from. And that is what we return to. Mm. And so when we shed the ego, we shed the physical body, we shed the conscious mind, we shed all of that. That's all we are is pure love and light. Mm. Oh, what a way to end the conversation. Thank you. And yeah, because it's a staircase is how I think about it. And so if you think about it on that seventh step, right, you're at the destination. You don't go back and say, oh, let me take two steps back and then go forward again, right? Like that's the landing point. And that was so, so gorgeous the way you described that. Mm, love that. So Marcy, would you be willing to share mm, pithy meditation, visualization, just something that taps us into our our intuitive body and our souls before we close out the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know we didn't get to the question about, you know, how do you know if you're a medium and, and this, Yay. Okay. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, well, I'm just going to do a very, you know, quick little exercise because everybody is a medium and everybody has that ability. And so we're just going to tap into that a little bit very quickly. I love that. And let's please though. Thank you for grounding that. I'd love to see your astrological chart. Do you have like Taurus somewhere? You must. Um, grounding and remembering that I don't I'll have know. to take it with you to chart I'll have to take it and do a chart reading for you yeah just the fact that you anchored that back and I saw I'll actually see in my psychic mediumship I'll see flashes of people's charts like I actually spirit like I'll see someone's parts of people's charts just because I've been trained that way then that's how spirit talks to me because spirit only can communicate with you through your frame of reference right so that's why, like, to me, I'll see, not all the time, but I'll see, I'll get downloads of astrology. Well, that's how my brain is hardwired. That's the software I have, right? And so every person has a different software. So they'll use what you know. And so pay attention to those insights. Pay attention to those flashes, people. Don't think it's you making them up. If you just download it, if you just think it, that's claircognizance. It's you, you actually are downloading. That's one of the, the misconceptions about mediumship is that if you don't see spirit, in a very visual way that you're not a medium but we do we have the knowing that that could be one of our that could be our, our strongest clair and it is coming from somewhere else love that thank you for calling that out it's true i have an episode on the clairs so friends who are like what are the clairs or what are those again you know i go through what's clairsentience what's clairtangents their alliance claire boostance they're all these different clairs which are you know our senses but at the most heightened level bonnie worth calls it the soul senses the episode guest we had mentioned who's so fabulous and a great psychic medium again spirit only has as marcy said us right it only has us to to, to work with and so as she's saying spirit then uses our senses 
to give us information. So we might taste something, we might smell something, we might just know something, claircognizance. And if you just get like, it feels like a bowl of like lightning to me. Like you just like have the thought. And the other thing is if, if you're like, well, I have thoughts, but I still can't separate them. Have you breathed? Have you opened? Have you meditated? If you have it and you're curious, plug into source, do something that plugs you into source. Maybe it's taking a walk in nature and then see if the information comes again because spirit is persistent. So a way that we can know if it's our ego and our thoughts, and this is something I offer to my clients often, do something that plugs you into spirit and then see if it comes through. And if it comes through again and again, and you know you're plugged in, then you can know for sure it's spirit. What can you tell people, though, before your punctuating, beautiful offering in the way of how do I know if I'm a medium? What if someone's thinking that? Like, okay, I know I have some psychic stuff. I, I, I'm in tune with that. Again, everyone has those, but I'm aware of those. Okay, but there are going to be a lot of people listening, but like, am I a medium? Is it bad? What are some signs in your opinion? And Well, again, I, I think everyone's a medium to some extent. Again, whether we allow our ego to to take a back seat long enough to understand that and realize it is is a question. And of course, we always have free will. And, and mediumship you know, again, is connecting with other realms of consciousness. And I think we all have that ability. Some of us, of course, that ability is stronger. And so if you're having spiritual experiences, if you have spirit energy in your home, if you see spirit, if you know spirit, if you feel energy, if you feel the energy of other people, whether they're on this plane or on another plane, that can be another telltale sign that you're sensitive to the energy and so that you can dial into the, those frequencies. You know, it's about removing some of the static and dialing into that frequency to connect and understand where those messages are coming from. Really, really helpful. Because again, that psychic mediumship, you're a translator. So just like Marcy's saying, if you can tune in your dial like we back in the day growing up, right? We all had to tune in the dial. Some friends listening, it won't be because I even have a couple of teenagers who listen to this. But back in the day, you know, when you have a dial or you can think of like a flame on a stove, right? You got to get it at that right exact temperature, depending upon what you're cooking on a gas stove. Like Marcy's saying, once you tune in, then you're the translator and you're receiving, you know, the energy because you've learned how to tune into to that exact station or that exact right amount of heat and flame. Mm, thank you, Marcy. Okay. So yeah, would you mind leading us in a little something? Sure. So I just, you know, I invite you to close your eyes and just connect with your breath. Just take a moment to, to just be and just feel. And in your mind's eye, you're going to see a meadow. You're in the middle of this beautiful meadow surrounded by plants and grass and earth. Maybe you're barefoot and you feel the earth on your feet. And you're just taking in all of the senses. You feel the wind, you feel the sun on your skin, you hear the birds, you smell the flowers. And as you look up, you notice in the near distance, there's a beautiful gazebo. Maybe it's made out of crystals. Maybe it's made out of ornate wood carvings. But it's this beautiful, inviting gazebo surrounded by 
an amazing, incredible garden of flowers and shrubs, and trees and grasses. And as you look at the gazebo, you see a figure. Maybe they're sitting on a bench or a swing or a chair. And you feel the invitation to approach them. You slowly walk up to the gazebo and up the seven stairs, one at a time. And when you reach the top stair, you realize that that figure sitting on the bench or on the chair is your loved one. This loved one who has passed. Again, it could be anyone from your spirit team. It could be anyone you're familiar with. You might be surprised at who's come to visit you at the gazebo. You embrace them in a warm hug. They invite you to sit down and talk. You might hear their voice. You might hear their laugh. You might smell their perfume or their cologne. They might want to share a message with you, or they might just want to listen. This is your time to connect with them. And when it's time to go, you stand up and your loved one stands before you with their hands behind their back. Suddenly, and as if by complete magic, they bring their hands forward and open them to see what's inside. And what you see is your sign. This is the sign from your loved one. It might be a butterfly or a dragonfly or a specific type of flower or a coin, a dime, a penny, a feather, a specific type of bird. It could be anything. Your loved one gives the sign for you to take home. You thank them, hug them, and say goodbye knowing that you can come back to the gazebo and visit them anytime. You head towards the stairs and very slowly descend down the seven stairs one at a time. And you follow the path back to the meadow. And here you take a long, deep breath in locking in the feelings, the emotions, the experience that you just had. Take a moment to ground yourself and come back into your physical body. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Mm, that was luscious. Thank you so, so much you're very welcome it's amazing because when i am um, when you started and i wanted to articulate this for the listeners i started hearing ringing in my right ear that's an example of something that's always happened to me never for long periods of time or anything so as a kid i just thought oh everyone hears like a little ringing sometimes right 
And it wasn't until I learned from a healer and a medium, no, that's spirit trying to talk with you. <laughs> and that can be a sign to me that something's true in the other world. Like I'm connecting and that there's some truth being spoken. And so that has started to happen pretty soon after you started to speak. And I know you share with me, you get goosebumps a lot, right? I do. Yep. So friends who are listening can know that like a little ringing in the ear, little goosebumps. When those things happen, know that that can be spirit trying to wink at you, trying to get your attention and pay attention to what's happening during that moment. So Marcy, where can folks find out about your work in this world? Well, I'm on social media, Facebook and Instagram. They can visit my website at marcylee.ca and find me there. And yeah, I, I invite them to connect with me. Do you want to spell your name for social? Sure. It's Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E-L-E-E. So Marcy Lee Healing on Facebook um, and Instagram and marcylee.ca. Excellent. Well, I am thrilled for my monthly mystic members who are receiving some wonderful, wonderful goodies from Marcy. So she offered two things. Can you tell everyone about those for the mystic members, please? Sure. So the first one is a guided chakra balancing meditation, and it's just a guided meditation designed to, you know, open and balance your energy centers. And, you know, again, there may be experiences in terms of spirit that comes through with the, with this meditation. Um, it's just, it's very kind of healing and relaxing. So I'm happy to share that. And then the other thing is a 20% discount on any individual readings for your members. Amazing. I'm so happy. So thank you for that generous offer for my monthly mystic members, modernmystic.love. I've got a library of videos, mindfulness-based meditations, alignment-based yoga. So make your body feel good, learn how to meditate with all different techniques. There's mystic hacks on there where I teach people how to work with energy tarot videos, astrology videos. People love those, all those. So it's such like, it's like an adult playground. So for 33 bucks a month only, you can go over there. If you love this podcast, you can support it that way or go over to my Patreon page. On Patreon, just look up Modern Mystic. And I also offer astrology readings. I call them astrology, psyche, soul map readings, psychic medium readings, and also my vibrant venus elite coaching so you can come be a part of my coaching sessions where i offer intuitive and mediumship guidance in addition to an arsenal of different things so please remember to subscribe rate and review this podcast because it really does help sustain it and keep it going and it also of course supports getting important wisdom heard more and more by people like with marcy today Marcy, thank you so much for being here and being authentic, for sharing so many things, but really in such a concrete way. So I have to see your chart because I just feel like a lot of what you offer is very grounded, which is why I was attracted to you and very concrete. So there has to be a bunch of earth energy in there, which I love people with earth energy because I have very little. And I just really celebrate your work in this world and you helping pushing the envelope of collective consciousness and mediumship and psychic abilities 
in a spirit of normalcy, that this is something that's really, really normal and how we can integrate it into really everyday life because we can. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And, and that is one of my goals is, is to talk about spirit around the dinner table. I always say, you know, if we can't have conversations <laughs> about the spirits that are visit, visiting us in our, in our home, then that's a bit of a red flag. So thank you for the opportunity to share today and be a part of this incredible and amazing podcast. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership. My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic Podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.